podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday where we have the rest of today, tomorrow and Friday left in the transfer window and Liverpool need to get their arse in gear. Uh, it does seem like Liverpool have a number of irons in the fire, so to speak. Whether anything comes of it, who knows? One thing we do know is that Crystal Palace are gearing up to spend quite a bit of money in the remaining days of the transfer window. And considering a couple of weeks ago, they seem to have absolutely no money to spend. That might be interesting and something to keep an eye on. We seem to have a bunch of different options. Decore is the obvious one. He's the best of them. He's the natural number six who can come in and just immediately give us a huge lift in the middle of the field. There's still talk of Manu Kone. Manu is a kind of a 6-8 hybrid. You could absolutely develop him into a ball-winning six. He's a really good ball winner as things stand. You'd need to curb certain aspects of his game. The only real worry with him is he does have some injury issues, but a lot of players have injury issues. Uh, Yesterday, there was word of Ezekiel Palacios, of Bayer Leverkusen. Now, he's had a bunch of different injuries. A few of them muscular. He's had a broken leg. He's had a back issue. He's a very, very good player. And I wouldn't be against bringing him in if we could be certain that, you know, his body was going to be able to withstand the Premier League. He's a player who began as more of a box-to-box eight and has transitioned into a number six role and become very good at it. He's very good defensively. He's good on the ball. He's aggressive. He's got some narrow to him. So we have those three options. There's also the Gravenberch thing, which is out there, but it does look like United might be favoured to get him at the moment, which would be preferable. Kefren Turam remains an option. Now, he, again, is, is more of an eight, has played as a six, you could definitely develop him into a six. My concern with him would be, I, I think you would lose a lot of what makes him potentially a special player. And I wrote about him on Anfield Index a few months ago when we were being really strongly linked with him. And I think he's more Yaya Toure than Fabinho. I think ideally you want to give him a lot of license to get forward. I think... Kefren would be a great signing for us next summer when Thiago leaves. If we don't buy Andre, I'd love us to buy Kefren Turam and commit to playing a box midfield with Alexis and, say, Ducure or Kone 
as the sitting two. And then in advance of them, Dominic and Kefren. That, to me, is a midfield that would be fairly sensational. Especially if it's Dekure. If we could get Dekure now and Kefren Turam, even in January, and commit to that box midfield, then we'd be in great shape. And then even if and when Salah leaves next summer, if you had that midfield and you had Darwin, Diaz, Gakpo and Jota as your four attacking options, you'd still be in great shape. And if you could add one more high-quality piece to that, I think that would be, that's a title-winning midfield and attack in my view. And then it's just about the defence. And again, we seem to be looking to bring in a defender in this window. Uh, Piero Incapier's name is the one that won't go away. I think a lot of us ruled it out because his agent is the same agent as Moises Caicedo and his agent screwed us on the Caicedo deal. But sometimes you can't really hold grudges. Sometimes you have to just do what's best for the club. And what would be best for the club is to sign a player of the quality of Piero Hincapié, who is excellent. Now, is he a little bit over-aggressive? Yes, at times he is. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. And he is only 21, so he has more than enough time to work that side of his game into a more controllable situation. can play centre-back, but excels as a left-back in a four, can also play as a wing-back if you need him to, which tells you he's more than comfortable going forward, could play holding midfield if you were stuck. The ideal is you get him and you get Dekure. That's the ideal end to this window. That's the perfect way to wrap this up. And while the process at the club is fucked, the outcome, which at the end of the day, is the most important thing, would be that we end up with Dominic, Alexis, Ducure, Hincapié, four long-term starters, and Endo, a decent squad player. Which, overall, I don't think anyone could actually complain about that window. And I know we only have one non-homegrown spot left, but Hincapié doesn't count as a non-homegrown player for this coming season. He would for the year after, but like really and truly, Costa Simicus should have been sold this summer. You still have time to sell him in this window if you want to, uh, but almost certainly you'd sell him in January or next summer. Um, Hincapié and Ducure is how we should be going about things. And I know there's been word that yeah, Hincapié is not for sale. He is for sale. Everyone at Leverkusen is for sale all the time if you pay the money. And this guy was available early in the summer for 35 million euro. So the idea that it takes 60 million pounds to get him now, I just don't think it's true. I think we could get both of them done for not a whole lot more than we were going to spend on, on Caicedo. So there's no real reason not to get those deals done. Hincapié is currently out with an injury. Uh, he had off-season surgery, but he should be back fairly soon and you wouldn't have huge concerns. Um, the foot injury is 
a one of one injury for him. He had one muscle injury in the 21-22 season and missed one game. This is the first real injury he's ever had in his career. He, again, he is only 21, so it's it's early days, but he just ticks every box for us. Can play multiple positions, huge upside. A player with, with real fight to him as well, which is something that we do lack. 101 senior games under his belt uh, between Independiente de la Valle, Teleris in Argentina, and now two seasons at Bayer Leverkusen. 27 caps for his national team. Work permit wouldn't be an issue. That's how you finish this window. That's how you make up for the mess that you've made of things. You sign him and you sign Dukure. And he comes in, he doesn't need to start straight away. But over the course of the season, you ease him in. He replaces Robertson. It means that he you can play the back three if you want to. And it'll work very, very well. Because now you've got an act, a player who's naturally suited to that role. You can play a back four. And again, it works really well. Because he's... Very, very good as left back. And Decure just solves the midfield issue straight away. And it, it gives you flexibility as well. Because moving forward, if you wanted to play a box midfield this year with a back four, leaving Trent at right back, you could play Decure and Thiago as a double pivot with Alexis and Dominic as the advanced two. You could play as, as play it as a diamond if you really wanted to. Those two are what makes the most sense for us. Those two are how we should be spending our money. Um, it remains to be seen, obviously, whether, whether we do anything. Because, you know, some people are still holding out hope for too many. Um, this is Anfield's main piece. Stefan Besetic is best suited as a number eight for Liverpool, I agree. But that could change. It could in a couple of years. It could in a couple of years. But for now, and in the short term, no. He doesn't have the defensive side of the game anywhere near good enough to play as a six in this team. In this team, specifically. But in in time, when he gets stronger and his awareness develops and his defensive now grows, sure, maybe then but I would rather develop him as an eight personally. I'd actually rather develop him as kind of a, a utility midfielder who does a bit of everything. Cause he could then become sort of that all encompassing type who just does everything for you. Uh, debate Liverpool's transfer priorities and concerns three days before the deadline. This was put together by Joanna Durkin. So herself, Jack Lusby and, Adam Beatty have gotten together. Uh, the first question is, how do you view the club's activity? And basically they're all saying, you know, what's been done so far is very, very good. The failures to get the rest done is very concerning. Uh, would you rather Liverpool sign a centre-back or midfielder and what is left of the window? Joanna says ideally both. Um, and she kind of edges towards a centre-back in the end because we've already brought in three midfielders. Uh, Again, Jack says it should be both. 
but he says it, it's got to be a centre-back and Adam says defender for him all day. I disagree. Because realistically, we've looked much better in a back four this season than we have in the back three. And the only people in the team, the back three suits, are Trent and maybe Cody. And everybody else is better suited to a back four. Ibu, Virgil, Robertson, Dominic, Alexis, they both suit the 4-3-3 better than this new shape. Mo is much better suited to the 4-3-3. Darwin is better suited to a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. Diaz, the same. The only ones this new shape suits are Trent and Gakpo and, and of course, our head coach, Pepin Linders. Uh, with that in mind, if you could sign one player before the deadline, who would it be? And Joanna says, because we haven't been linked to a new defender, really, she goes with Czech de Cure. Jack goes with Arte Tiete and Mark Wehi. Mark Wehi doesn't make any sense for us because he's right-footed. And yes, he plays on the left of a two-man centre-back pairing for Palace, and he has played on the left of a three, but with wing-backs... He's not being asked to be the left back out of possession. So Mark Wehi doesn't make any sense for us. And Adam says, <laughs> Ryan Cravenberch, it's the worst possible outcome. It's the worst possible outcome. He looks to me like a type of player Klopp can turn into a world beater. But Thomas Tuchel and Julian Nagelsmann, who are both far more noted for the development of young players than Jurgen Klopp has ever been, they gave up on him. They didn't see it as worth their time. So it's an awful, it's an awful suggestion. Uh, looking ahead, how much rests on finding solutions? These, are the, these could be the most defining days of the rest of Jurgen Klopp's tenure, in my view. If this goes wrong, this is probably his last season. So they better get it right. Um, why Liverpool have room to sign Ravin Graven, Ryan Gravenberg and another signing because he doesn't class as a as a non-homegrown player for this year uh, Allison was robbed of a place in the PFA t- team of the year Aaron Ramsdale is the most laughable suggestion possible wasn't one of the top three keepers in the league last year um, Billy Kimetio is away on loan Nat Phillips uh, potentially going on loan probably to Leeds I don't think he gets in the Leeds team Joe Roden and Pas- Pascal Struyuk both playing very well to start the season. Um, piece about Gerald Kwanza on Liverpool.com. What dreams and mentions of Pep Guardiola can we get? Uh, Liverpool transfer news is Jurgen Klopp offered Arsenal man. That's uh, Albert Sambi Laconga. New interest in Joe Gomez arrives from Saudi, I believe from West Ham as well. Uh, there's a Piece here about Hincapié and an offer sent for a midfielder. That midfielder allegedly there's a contract offer been presented to Czech de Cure, so that could be possible. Here we go. Wilfred Ndidi signed. Favoured Jurgen Klopp formation unlocked. Dream Liverpool transfer finale. Um, let's have a look now. So... The suggestions we signed Czech to Curry, who remember has missed over 20 games in at least two of the last three seasons. Oh, sorry, Wilf and Didi. 
Wilf and Didi. Let's have a look at his injury record, injury history. I'd say this is going to nearly blow the computer up when it pulls up. So here we go. Uh, He missed 20 games in... He didn't play that. How many games did he play last season? Right. Going backwards. So, 17-18, he misses four games. 18-19-1, 19 uh, 20-21, he misses 21 games. 21-22, he misses 20 games. Last season, he played 30 games out of... How many did Leicester play? They managed him a lot better last year. He was a sub quite often. How many games did they play in total last season? I guess maybe 43? They played 45 games last season. And Ndidi played in 30 of them. So he was absent for 15 games. Now, there's no injury listed on transfer market, but he didn't miss 15 games for nothing. And he has been ever-present this season uh, as a squad player for them. I I just wouldn't take the risk. Um, He is at a contract in 12 months, which could make him cheap. And when he's fit, he's very, very good. Like, he's a really good ball winner. But the injuries would would be a real concern to me. The injuries really would worry me. Um, still not seeing much of a... Oh, here's, oh the, the dream here apparently is to play a 4-3-1, which I would very much like. Darwin is the 9, Dominic is the 10, Mo right, Diaz left, Alexis plus a ball winner in midfield, Trent, Ibu, Virgil, and ideally not Andy Robertson. Um... Or, or Robbo once a week. Like, if Robbo needs to play once a week, then great. Then you can manage him, and he, he's not going to decline as rapidly. But it's a bit of a concern. Liverpool may have found new Neymar to be its Mohamed Salah replacement amid transfer race. That's Johan Bakayoko, isn't it? It is Johan Bakayoko. Uh, I've never heard him called the new Neymar, but Sure, fair enough. Uh, there's Liverpool needs Jurgen Klopp needs his smartest player back as Liverpool can transfer a new Ginny Wijnaldum. Who is the new Ginny Wijnaldum? Oh, it's Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise. Um, Oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's Ryan Gravenberch. He's nothing like Ginny Wijnaldum. Not in any way. Not in terms of personality, in terms of mentality, in terms of attitude, in terms of playing style. Nothing like Ginny Wijnaldum at all. Uh, there's a piece about Schmatke, a piece about Eddie, ha- Eddie Howe, uh, a piece about Gary Lineker saying that the Virgil decision was incorrect. Uh, it looks like Virgil might get an extended ban. He has been charged by the FA for you know, letting letting the referees know that they were morons. Um, piece about Calvin Phillips. 
I'm going to come back to that. A uh, piece about Sambi Lakonga, a piece about Ginkalo Inashio. I think if we wanted him, we would have signed him two months ago. Tyler Morton looks like he might send, uh, might head out on loan. Yeah, so uh, Calvin Phillips. Um, his name has done the rounds. I don't, I don't know whether City would do business with us. I know if we signed him, a lot of people would have temper tantrums. But Calvin Phillips is a really good player. And he's become enormously underrated since moving to Manchester City because it hasn't gone well. But let's not forget that he got injured basically in preseason. Um, he had the shoulder injury and then he re re-hurt it and he had surgery on it, went to the World Cup, came back, Guardiola said he was overweight. That comment got kind of misconstrued. And if you watch the documentary about Calvin Phillips on Prime, which is kind of covers that first few months at City, um, he has a target weight. All players have a target weight. He had been in America following the World Cup because all the players got a little bit of a break and he had a nighttime flight and he was back at City the next day. Now, you should, you could say he should have come back a day earlier and I, I would probably agree with that, but he would just, it was more to do with the travel and having eaten a day's worth of food the day before. That's apparently, apparently why he was over his target weight. He wasn't actually overweight. Um... I think he's a very good player. He's a really good ball winner. He protects his defense very, very well. He's good on the ball. He does have some injury concerns. The last two seasons at Leeds, he picked up some injuries. But prior to that, he'd been fairly unbreakable. You know, he had four seasons of 40-plus games, playing in the championship as well, where, you know, life is hard. The pitches aren't always the best. and You're getting kicked regularly. Under Bielsa, he had that fairly serious injury. Um, was it an, an abductor tear or something, a groin or something? He had a, had a muscle injury that was fairly bad. But Bielsa's football is incredibly demanding, even more demanding than Klopp's. So it remains to be seen whether or not um, Calvin Phillips is actually injury prone. I know he had the shoulder at City and people will jump on that, but that's that's a freak injury. Um, if we'd signed him earlier in the summer, I wouldn't have been against it. Now it would feel like a desperation move. I'd be curious to know what City would want from. They paid forty-two million. They'd probably want thirty-five. I wouldn't be against it. I really wouldn't. He's twenty-seven. He'll be twenty-eight in December. But he's a grown-up. He's a leader. He's an organizer. He's fearless. He loves a scrap and he would come to us with a major chip on his shoulder and a big point to prove. I mean, this guy, this guy, when England, when he's fit and at his best, he's first choice for England. Him, Rice and Bellingham is the first choice England midfield when he's fit. And he was brilliant at the Euros. Obviously, he was injured at the World Cup, so you can't take too much from it. But he's a very, very good player. 
and he has just become hugely underrated. If we sign him, I know the immediate reaction will be, oh, panic by city flop, yada, yada, yada. But you have to look at the bigger picture here. Calvin Phillips is a very good footballer. And he proved that at Leeds. And he's seasoned and he's hardened and he's a grown-up. You put him in midfield with Alexis and Dominic and I think we could have real success. I really do. Now, obviously, I would prefer to sign Czech de Kure, but I definitely wouldn't be against the signing of Phillips if it were possible, which it probably is not. Um... Anfieldindex.com podcasts. We have one new one and under pressure, full house this week. Dan Kennett, Dan Rhodes, Cy, uh, Cy Brundish and Phil Barter. I almost called him Cy Barter. Um, Cy Brundish and Phil Barter analyzing the win over Newcastle, battling through some technical gremlins. The lads discuss the first 30. How did Liverpool lose control? How did we stay in the game? Focus on ball retention and limiting Newcastle's shot qualities. And how do we turn the result around and win it? So give that a listen when you get a chance. And that's it. That's all I have today, folks. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.